This episode contains audio pertaining to the attacks on September 11th. Listener discretion is advised. I was in SEAL training on September 11th. Um, I was in first phase of SEAL training. We just finished a two-mile ocean swim, and we were running to the chow hall as a class uh, when we heard about it. Uh, And that was a big inflection point, uh, both for the SEAL community, but also for myself. You could have said, like, before that, it was kind of like a shoot-dive-jump club, and all the reasons that that I thought, you know, that this would be a good path for me, because it was kind of like, it was fun, and it was important to serve— like that became fundamentally different after 9 11. You know, the community was going to war, right? And then I was going to war. So I spent the next couple of years getting ready for a bunch of a bunch of deployments with the SEAL community. And that then that became whereas before that, you know, water polo was kind of the anchor in my life. That became like the seminal experience of of, of my twenties, basically. Yeah. We're gonna go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, well placed. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. I wish I could play one more down. Keep this jersey on one more play. I give it my all. It has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all. For Kaj Larson, being in the water has always meant being in his element. I was actually born at home. My parents hate when I say this, but product of my hippie parents. I was born at home in a town called Capitola by the Sea. That's the official title. It has by the sea in, in its city name. And like on day one of my life, you know, I was like a little bundled baby like at the at the beach in Capitola so I grew up in Santa Cruz which is a town of kind of like great watermen it's sharky it's cold the waves are big my dad's a really like um phenomenal natural athlete and he pushed me and I he 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 actually tells this crazy story is like my dad subscribed to this like Russian baby raising theory (laughs) have you heard of this no. <laughs> yeah, that that babies before they're six months old naturally know how to swim. They haven't developed a fear of the water. So they just so throw, they just throw the fetus right in there. That's what my dad did. It like three months into my mom's horror, he like threw me in the pool, and apparently I like bobbed pretty well. So I basically was a water baby from the start. Water baby to kid to teenager. It became clear early on that the natural athlete DNA got passed down to Kaj. He played five sports in high school. Considering where he grew up and his early, harsh introduction to swimming, it may come as little surprise to hear that one sport in particular grabbed his heart. I think in some ways water polo was kind of my first love. I know water polo is kind of a foreign concept to some, but it is an Olympic sport, and it's a huge deal in a lot of parts of California. When I went to the Naval Academy for college, I had been talking with the water polo coach there and he recruited me. So I did two years playing for Schofield um, and then I transferred to UC Santa Cruz and I was actually the captain um, at the use of the UCSC water polo team. And the, we the had just slugs, right? The fighting banana slugs. <laughs> like, look, I know it's a funny mascot, right? But like what we say is. Um, no natural predators, and they mate for 24 hours. So the banana slug is more powerful than you think. Playing a sport was like a seminal part of my college experience. After two years at the Naval Academy, two years at Santa Cruz, 
Kaj graduates and says farewell to water polo and the concept of team sports that had been so central to his life. It was it was really tough in a way when we we've poured so much of our life energy into this athletic endeavor. It really defines your life and the rest of your life you kind of wedge in between practices whether that's social or academics i wouldn't trade it for anything because it like the the camaraderie the accomplishment um you know it 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 created like like the foundations of who i am playing a, a competitive sport like that but then there's this like giant you know like hole in your life when you no longer have you know somebody whipping you at 5 30 every morning to get in the pool and uh the truth is like that transition uh, you know was you know it was tough for me i was like i didn't know what i was gonna do with my life he contemplated playing water polo abroad europe is the only place that there's a real market for the sport At the same time, he had what he described as vague notions of service after spending two years at the Naval Academy. But there was no obvious answer to this question of what was his next step. Spent the next year kind of after graduation in that like 22, don't know what to do (laughs) kind of moment. It felt a little bit like I was treading water, but I just kind of like used like yeah, all puns intended. <laughs> the key is like just take whatever skills you have and just like keep building on them and using them to springboard to the next thing. So while I was kind of figuring it out, I just said like, okay, like I'm I'm a good waterman, I'm a good surfer, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good swimmer. I'm gonna stay close to these these kind of water roots. His water roots, his water skills. While a lot of things were murky, that was not. He was ocean lifeguarding in Santa Cruz, which, let's be clear. This is not like a a pool lifeguard with red shorts and a whistle. We have, you know, big waves, heavy rescues, and and there was also like a competitive racing circuit associated with it. So this professional racing series um, where we would do paddleboard races and and open water swim races. So I was kind of like staying in that competitive waterman mix um right after college because like that's what i knew so i like i lifeguard i did ocean lifeguarding professional surf racing and bartending in that kind of year transition um as i was like you know to replace the what to replace that hole that like water polo had filled for so long it's around this time that those vague notions of service in the back of kaj's head start to push their way to the front while I had done two years at the Naval Academy, my um, my service wasn't, I, I hadn't come full circle with my Navy experience, and I, and I did want to continue to serve all the reasons I went to the Naval Academy in the first place. Um, and so that's where, that's when I sort of like recalibrated and found, placed my azimuth somewhere else, you know, and, and went for like the next level. But um, yeah, and that's when I started applying to the to the SEAL community. It was a decision that really made a lot of sense based on who he had always been, what he wanted to be, and what he was good at. So I was, um, you know, I was looking for a, a domain where I could use all of my physicality, but I could still be of service to others. And sometimes I like to joke that uh, I was a, um, I did junior guards as a kid, and I was a junior lifeguard instructor as well. And sometimes I like to joke that like. SEAL training is just junior lifeguards with guns, mm-hmm. right? You're just uh, running around on the beach with guns. So in some ways, even though my path was kind of circuitous, um, it 
well, it all led. I used like those as building blocks for for my next move. And you know, the truth is, when I got to Bud's Basic Underwater Demolition Steel Training, I was really competitive there from an athletic standpoint. In a weird way, like it was like all of these things that I had done from like junior lifeguards as a little kid to water polo in high school and college, and then to like ocean lifeguarding you know, they all added up, they had a cumulative effect, you know, you have to be careful of like revisionist history and ordering things ex post facto, like this, there was no like, deliberate plan, there was just like a general direction that I was moving, right. And I stayed close to my kind of core competencies and skills. Now, let's get our chronological bearings here. Kaj graduated from college in 1999. Early 2000 is his lifeguard bartender race bum phase. Late 2000, getting into 2001, is when he makes this jump into the Navy. Kaj is in the first phase of Navy SEAL training when that unforgettable day happens. We have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. Today, we've had a national tragedy. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. I was in SEAL training on September 11th. Um, I was in first phase of SEAL training. We just finished a two-mile ocean swim, and we were running to the chow hall as a class uh, when we heard about it. Uh, and that was a big inflection point, uh, both for the SEAL community, but also for myself. You could have said like before that it was kind of like a shoot, dive, jump club and all the reasons that that I thought, you know, that this would be a good path for me because it was kind of like it was fun and it was important to serve. Like that became fundamentally different after 9-11. The community was going to war, right? And then I was going to war. My fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger. To all the men and women of the United States Armed Forces now in the Middle East, the peace of a troubled world and the hopes of an oppressed people now depend on you. So I spent the next couple of years getting ready for a bunch of a bunch of deployments with the SEAL community. And that then that became whereas before that, you know, water polo was kind of the anchor in my life. That became like the seminal experience of of my 20s, basically. Yeah. So I spent five years on active duty, you know, every day going to work or, or, or deploying, um, you know, with my with my team doing missions overseas uh, and stuff like that. And then after um, after uh, five and a half years, I had accomplished a lot of the things that I that I wanted to accomplish uh, on the active duty side, leading men in combat, um, you know, and, and serving my country. After serving during the war on terror, Kaj returned to civilian life. To this day, he remains in the Navy SEAL Reserves, a community which serves to augment the active duty SEALs who have burnt out over the nearly 20 years we have been at war. In 2005, Kaj undergoes this different massive life shift. And so then I decided to transition to graduate school Kaj enrolls at Harvard. Not sure if you've heard of that school. 
before he had even stepped on campus, he already had this big break in a new career. It happened kind of accidentally um, and, and haphazardly. I had a friend who was working at a television network and they needed a correspondent to go to Iraq and they didn't have one because it was a new television network. It was actually Al Gore's TV network called Current TV. Um, and they hadn't even launched yet. And so they brought me in and they were pretty dubious because, like, I had never been on TV before and I had never, you know, done journalism and I didn't go to journalism school and all of that, all of that stuff. But they honestly, they didn't have anybody else who wanted to go to Iraq. So like, they were stuck with me. So I went and I produced a 13-part documentary series over my summer between when I got off active duty and when I started graduate school in the fall. And it was really popular and it was a hit and it helped launch the TV network. Um, and so then I continued to work for them um, throughout the course of my graduate school. So I did Christmas. I was back in Afghanistan. I did spring break Cambodia. And then I did summer in Somalia. Things took off for Kaj in the journalism world in a huge way. He is now an award-winning correspondent and producer. In the past 14 years, Kaj has been involved with work at CNN, Huffington Post, Vice, ABC, and the topics he has covered include American prisons, Boko Haram's effect in Nigeria, arms trafficking in Mogadishu, WikiLeaks, and the drug war on Mexico. Of course, that initial transition from the life of an active-duty Navy SEAL to that of a journalist came with its challenges, and that's a topic that goes beyond the scope of this podcast. At this point, though, Kaj had experienced a couple of these new chapter moments, and again, at this page turn, he comes back to this idea of core competencies and experiences building off of each other. It sounds funny to go from being the man in the arena to the man covering the man in the arena. And I had to kind of like emotionally adjust to that. Like, but you know, sometimes I joke, I like traded my gun for a camera, but it's not really like it's, it, it has more of a logic to it than you'd think. Mm -hmm. Basically just like when I finished playing water polo, I kind of took stock of like my skill set. Like, what am I good at? What do I want to do? So I took that, that kind of assessment of that skill set that I have and saw how I could kind of translate it to the, the next chapter in my life. And when I, and when I got out of uh, the SEAL community, while it was kind of an accident that I ended up in, in television journalism, I kind of like took stock of my skills. I was like, well, I know how to operate in war zones and I know how to talk to people, right? Because people forget when you're downrange, like, you know, you have a lot more conversations with people than you do firefights, right? <laughs> like there's, um, you know, part of the skill set of, of being, um, you know, an officer in the United States military overseas is diplomacy. And so you have to exercise those diplomatic skills and they're not they're not as divergent from the stuff I did in journalism. So I was like, look, I know how to survive in war zones. Like I know how to use equipment. I know how to talk to people. I know how to like figure out what's going on. Um, and I took those same skills and applied them to journalism to become a conflict zone correspondent. And I had a domain. Sub I was a subject matter expert in national security by virtue of my experience as a SEAL officer over the last 10 years. Um, and so it's not like the traditional path to journalism, mm -hmm. but I saw a place where I could kind of like apply what I had learned and then use it 
to do this other thing. In fact, helping others repurpose skills at this major military life, civilian life inflection point becomes a project Kaj focuses his energy and resources towards after being a SEAL. You know, one of the things I did post-SEAL teams was I I helped um, start an organization called The Mission Continues. I used uh, my combat pay and, and my best friend from the service, his combat pay, we used to start this organization called The Mission Continues. And it was basically to help um, transitioning veterans do work in public service. For Kaj, obviously, one of the constants, no matter the realm, has been physicality. All athletes understand the necessity of a fit, conditioned body when sports have been ingrained in their existence for as long as they can remember. It comes with the territory. Then at some point, you retire from sports, and you have to make this major adjustment, or you don't make the adjustment at all. We hear of many athletes dropping off of a fitness routine altogether. But many adopt some other less intense regimen that fits their schedule. You know, they join a gym or a rec league. You're a teacher, investment banker, project manager who works out. It's not intrinsic to your career or a specific activity in your life anymore. And I just think it's really interesting, I mean, aside from professional athletes, thinking about Kaj's story, his path, it's a very different thing entirely when your fitness, your physicality is something that allows you to do, something that is necessary to doing your job. What's that like psychologically and emotionally? There's this this one idea that like I'm still serving. Um, you know, I'm 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 reservist, I can be mobilized back to active duty. So there's this idea that, you know, you gotta keep the knife sharp, right? Always gotta be ready. But that's not what really drives me. What really drives me is that um you know, being physical is like an essential part of my being. Also, you know, when when you spend a lot of time overseas and stuff, it really does make you kind of appreciate like these these small little things. It brings life like more clearly into focus. Um, and, you know, so like catching like a little wave out in front of our house at the Venice breakwater like to me it feels that much better that's what gives me like true joy and pleasure in life and in order to do those things and really like enjoy them at the highest level like you gotta uh I I like to feel good in my body and, and I like to stay in in top competitive shape um and then you know there's also like just this principle that was ingrained in me um from early on in in SEAL training is that you lead from the front. When you're in training, there is this, there's this uh, expectation that you lead from the front. And that's because you're going to ask these guys to do some hard things. You're going to ask them to do things that would potentially kill them, you know, jump out of this airplane at 25,000 feet, like, you know, do a direct action mission, on this house where there's people inside with guns who are going to try and kill you. Um, so you're asking them to do these, these life threatening things and to put their own lives at risk. And in order to do that, they have to believe in you. And in the SEAL community where physicality is really important, um, one of the ways you do that is by leading from the front. And that's always just been part of my life mm-hmm. philosophy. And that, that, uh, that was honed in, in, in SEAL training and then throughout my, my SEAL career. And so, you know, I, I try and live with like very little distinction between my, 
my military and civilian life, my private and my public life. Um, and that's, that's a part of who I am. Going off of this, if Kaj is not embedded in Nigeria or recreating the D-Day mission on the beaches of Normandy, you might, might find him at the CrossFit he owns in Santa Monica. Yep, the man owns a gym, too. Just wanted to pick his brain about CrossFit a little bit, the culture, the stereotypes. Well, look, we could do a whole podcast on this. I'm sort of like, you know, a, a member of the community that doesn't want to be a member of the community right in general i'm super proud of the gym like we had one we had one girl lose you know 120 pounds like we've had people like meet there we're going to our first like crossfit santa monica wedding because like two people met in the gym and you know dated and got engaged (laughs) i'm so proud yeah we're little matchmakers (laughs) you know no like look we just getting people to be physical in their in their bodies yeah we have a lot of exactly like you said and observed former d1 athletes who are looking for a way to stay like in the fold and competitive they just need that like structure but then we have a lot of people who just want to like you know stay fit look better naked like all that stuff Mm -hmm. and like it's kind of a cool melting pot and as for what Kaj is doing right this moment in the tv journalism world and personally you know I'm, i'm a content creator and a and a correspondent and a producer um and so i you know i i create media i just finished a uh a series for one of the big outlets on narco trafficking that's a multi-part documentary series very similar to the work i did at, at vice um and then i have um and then i have several other media projects coming down the pipe um, and then I got like another big swim. So I'm going to New York next week and we're swimming to the Statue of Liberty oh with God. 30 other seals. And, um, and then we're swimming to, uh, to the, the Freedom Tower where there's a special ops memorial. Um, so it's going to be a big swim to raise money um, to help veterans. Um, so, that's yeah, that's, that's what I got coming down the pipe. It seems fitting that the parting words from a guy who has spent so much of his life submerged would be... I'm like a shark. Like, I gotta keep swimming or I die. Constant motion. For me, I had all these, like, crazy life experiences overseas, and then I went to graduate school, and it's kind of like then it all coagulated when I turned 30, and the uh, out of this, like, lump of marble that was the Kaj experience, like, mm-hmm. we were able to kind of, like, shape a career out of out of that thanks to Kaj Larson for coming onto the podcast and thank you for listening see you next time